Okay. Ugh, cracking my knuckles. Welcome to Jump Off a Cliff Podcast, episode four. I am Michelle. And I'm Cassidy. I can't believe we made it to episode four already. Yeah, it's been a whole month that we're actually sticking to it. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know how we're doing it, but it's happening. (laughs) We're making it work. We're making it work. Um, Business updates. So I'll start. I just decided to take on wedding videos as like another category for services that I offer. It's kind of new. I normally take on um, like business advertising and business marketing, business to business, and now I'm... Now we're going to be handling weddings now, which is kind of exciting because my videographers get to use like a, um, they get to have fun with their creative shots on wedding venues and stuff and get really like romantic. and <laughs> That's always exciting. Yeah. Where they... were you a couple months ago for my wedding? <laughs> I feel bad. I've like said no to so many people yeah. and then I'm like, oh, by the way, I'm doing weddings now. <laughs> I'm sure it's going to be awesome. Yeah, we'll see. I, uh, I don't, I don't. <clears throat> we're just going to start and see where it goes, but, you know, we figured most weddings are on the weekend, so it's usually, you know, we're filming in the weekdays, so it's just, like, adding more to our plate, but it's not necessarily taking away any opportunities for other filming um, jobs during the week, which is great for us, so we're, we're pretty excited, and plus it's it's just, I think when we film weddings, we have the ability to, like, make, like, a really cinematic, good quality product, which I think not a lot of people in the valley have time for or want to do so we're just maybe taking advantage of 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 that right now it was really hard when i was looking for a videographer it was really hard to find someone i actually found people that were even in southern oregon so yeah i wonder i wonder like how many people actually come here to like film weddings because i've i've yeah. heard a lot of people saying yeah my videographer is from portland or from california and i'm like why is there nobody here that does it? And maybe they, maybe there are a lot of people that do it here, but they're just too busy. There's a lot of people that do it here. It's just they're booked out, especially after COVID when everyone put off their weddings. Like, oh. Like last year or this year was insane for weddings because everyone was like finally able to get together again. Yeah. And have big events and stuff. So everyone had their wedding this year. And then, like, I'm sure next year and the year after are kind of going to be the same thing because everyone's kind of playing catch up. They're just catching up, yeah. yeah. I know that when I got married in 2020, because that was, like, when COVID went out, we yeah. were, it was, like, hell. Yeah. <laughs> like, I remember we, that. <laughs> we had, like, all, our whole valley, like, burned down, which was horrible. And then, like, on top of that, like, there was COVID restrictions, so we couldn't even have, like, a certain amount of people, like, at the venue where we were. We had to, like, limit the amount of people that were going to be there. Oh, really? They and had a limit? I didn't know they, that. They did throughout most of the year, except for the one week that my wedding was there. They didn't have, the, res- the restrictions went down just for a week. And oh, then they went back up. So we, like, and that was also the week <laughs> that, like, all the smoke cleared away. So we had, like, we were so lucky that that one week we booked our wedding because it wouldn't have worked out any other week. It was, like, perfect weather for your wedding, because I remember it it was in October and it was still like really warm that day yeah it was it was pretty warm it was a good it was a good week you know it was a a good clear week but I it was funny my (laughs) my grandma when I was talking to her she's like why didn't you book it for the week after and I'm like what do you mean she's like well your wedding is 10-3-2020 you could have been 10-10-2020 and I'm like are you kidding me that's the best (laughs) wedding date ever That would have been awesome. But it would have been all smoky, and I would have had, like, ten people allowed at the wedding, so... Did another fire start after the week afterwards? Uh, no, but that was, like, when, like, Phoenix burned down and when a- Ashland had the Almeida fires. Oh, but yeah, it was So yeah. the whole valley was covered in smoke for months because yeah. 
because yeah. of just for the cleanup. But that was insane. It was nuts. So I just uh, yeah no I'm I'm starting wedding videos and I think it's going to be a lot of fun. We're we're going to be um, <clears throat> launching our. Uh, that business in a couple of weeks probably so we'll see super exciting yeah what's going on with you uh so we had a grand opening last week and that went really well i saw your big scissors (laughs) (laughs) i was so excited to use those Uh, cindy and i were and so yeah we had a great turnout we had so many people in our office that we almost had too many i think our max capacity was like 12 people and we were way past that really (laughs) yeah we were i think we had like we counted, we had like 60 to 70 people come Are through. Are you serious? Yeah. Oh my gosh. I was so excited. And it was it's so encouraging too, because we are part of the Central Point Chamber and all that. And they're very encouraging of new businesses. So. Wow, that's really cool. It seems like Central Point, even though people don't like really think of like Central Point as the place to go in the valley, like it just doesn't pop in the top of my head. Yeah. It is such a great place. I love Central Point. It's so like old school, like community oriented. Like it's such a cute town. It's, like, got a little bit of, like, um, like, yeah, it is, like, it's, like, a little old town, but, like, actually, it's really developing. There's a lot of new places that are being built, and the new subdivision and everything in the back, uh, Twin Creeks. Yeah. There is beautiful homes, beautiful apartments. Central Point's really growing fast. I really, really like it out there. There's a lot of really nice business, especially right on Pine Street. Like, it's fun to walk around downtown and stuff. Oh, so and- cute. And I love it, and it's kind of, it works out perfectly for us because we're right off the freeway. Yeah. And then, because we have agents in Grants Pass and Medford, Jacksonville, Ashland, so it's really nice to have a really central location. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So and you're and you're super close to I five, so you can just get yep. wherever you need to go fast. Yeah, <laughs> like if can... you've got an emergency showing, I gotta go. <laughs> <laughs> yep, we're kind of in the middle of everything, so it's awesome. We yeah. have um, and we just added another broker too, so our team is growing, so that's really exciting. Oh my gosh! So are you at six? We have eight people. Total. Eight people. Yeah, eight people. Oh my gosh. You're going to, you just moved into an office and you're like, all right, we need a bigger office. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it's funny because most agents nowadays, they usually work from home. It's usually just when people are wanting to kind of come in the office and do some fuller time or if they are coming in for their, our weekly meeting. Yeah. Then we're all in the office together. It's not like there's eight people there all the time. Yeah. 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 That's smart. Everyone kind of comes and goes and everyone has home offices now and. So, yeah, and I mean, it's probably like really early in the morning, they'll probably get calls, and they're probably like, I'm not going to be at the office, I'm literally going to be drinking coffee, but I'm still going to answer the phone, yeah. You know? So, working from home is great. Real estate <laughs> is not like a nine to five, so you have people calling you like seven in the morning until like <laughs> nine o'clock or ten o'clock at night, and that's just like you're just you pick up if you're at the grocery store or wherever you are. So, yeah, <laughs> speaking of real estate, I um. Just because you and I have an investment that I don't think you and I talked about the new rent increase that came out for, I think it's 14.6% right. uh, capped, which mm-hmm. is the rent increase, which is nuts to me. I, I I can't believe that we have a rent control here. It doesn't make sense in any, it doesn't make sense for anybody. It doesn't make sense for the landlords. It doesn't make sense for the tenants. It just, it seems crazy to me because right now I have my rental rented out for $1,500 a month and the fact that I could rent it out or increase it to like $1,700 a month Wow, is insane to me. I wonder what that's going to mean for landlords. I mean, they're going to, it's almost like, my thing is, is they're going to force landlords to do these rent increases when really the landlords may have never increased their rent, but they're forced to keep up on it because if they either want to sell or, you know, um, like maintain the property, they're like, 
I'm forced to like do this rent increase right. because they don't want to get behind. They're too scared to get behind. Are you increasing rents or? I might increase them a little bit. Like I don't think I want to mm-hmm. do the full fourteen percent. Taxes did go up on our property this year, so I want to make up for that difference. Yeah. But um, my tenants have been in there for so long. I like tell them I'm like do you want me to come over to your house and like ins- <laughs> like fix it at your house like can we do an inspection at your place yeah because it's literally their place they've lived in it longer than I've owned it mm. so I'm I you know they're taking they love the property I'm I really don't want them to move out but I do need to make sure that I'm not you know at a loss for owning their residence you know that's what's hard for me is I you know want to keep up with the rents and be able to make a profit off my investment property that was the whole point of it but I also don't want to be unfair or you know if my tenants are paying I don't want to keep increasing it crazy where they want to move out but right it's one of those things too you know you're gonna be able to find someone right away well I feel bad because you know? there's another like um like demographic of landlords who have just had really low rents over the years mm-hmm. and they're not necessarily like us who have been like kind of up to date with our market rent but they've been so low for so long and now they're looking at these rent caps and they're like oh no mm-hmm. like if I want to retire or if I want to sell my place my tenants aren't going to be up to market rent and I'm going to have to start increasing them 14.6% a year. Right. And that means that these poor tenants are going to be getting, like, tremendous rent increases annually. So if the landlord loses, the tenant loses. Why do we do this? Yeah. <laughs> and that was one thing, too, is, like, if you go to sell, like, a duplex or a fourplex and the rent is, like, half of what the market rent should be, it sits on the market unless you take those tenants out. Right. You know? I was I was looking to purchase new places and I saw one of them and they're like, yeah, market rent, 600 bucks a month. And I'm like, $600 a month? Mm-hmm. I would have to own that property for like eight years before like my, like, before the finances would like pan out for me. There's no way. And that's why it's been sitting on the market for so long. Yeah. Because if it's market rent, like usually duplexes, especially in the last year or so, they've kind of flown off the market. Yeah, yeah, it's horrible. And, you know, and, and to be honest, those poor tenants that are paying so low in rent, they probably don't want to move out. And, mm-hmm. you know, I think if they were given the opportunity to pay the market rent versus moving, they'd probably pay the market rent. But you can't charge them, no, you, can't you know, like a $300 increase. You have to charge the 14.6%. You know, so everybody's hands are tied with the rent control. And I think it's ridiculous that we have it here. It doesn't help anybody. No, Not it really all. doesn't. It's really horrible, and I, you know, even when people are trying to sell their properties, most of them are going to have to, like, put rent increases out, you know, for their tenants while they're selling it, just so that they can Mm -hmm. try and, like, sell it a little bit better, and I just feel bad. So I wonder if that means that a lot of tenants are going to move out and start buying, or I wonder if landlords are going to try and up their rent to sell their properties, if we're going to keep getting rent control laws like this. I think it's, I don't know how it's going to turn out. It's very interesting. Yeah, it's... Definitely with the, I know just selling rental properties in general, it's just really important to have that market rent and a lot, and tenants that have been there forever, most investors would love to keep them yeah. if they're good tenants, yeah. but they also need to have market rent, so. Yeah, I mean, it's business, you know, yeah. as much as we care about the tenants and people, it's like, I can't, you know, sacrifice my well-being, you know, to keep the peace with my tenants, you know, I can't financially do that, but I can do the best I can to, 
you know, make sure that the property is in order and that they're paying what, you know, what, what market is. That's why I'm always on top of like making sure that they have market rent because I was thinking about just doing like a $25 rent increase because that's how much my taxes went up last mm-hmm. year. And a tenant's not going to be as pissed about getting a $25 rent increase as they would a $200, $200 rent <laughs> <Yeah>. increase. <laughs> that's true. You know, so like, I'm like, <laughs> keep up with market rent. Like it's, it'll pay off in the long run. Your tenant will appreciate it a little bit more because I can tell you if I was a tenant and I got a $25 rent increase versus, you know, a $200 rent increase every three years, I'd be pissed at the $200 rent increase versus just a regular yeah, 25 Yeah, you can kind of adjust for it a little bit more. Yeah, it gives you more time to adjust for it instead of just like having this huge expense taken out of your bank account, you know, every month. So rent increases definitely, um, it's needed to keep up on it, but we don't need a rent control here. It's not something we need. So I uh, I think for today, I was talking to you last week. I was like, what if we talked about the fear of rejection? Because I feel like every new business owner has to kind of go through that. And I just wanted to tell everybody that everybody feels that way. <laughs> I still struggle with fear of rejection where it's hard to put yourself out there and get rejected and want to keep doing the same thing. <laughs> well, and I, um, I've done marketing and sales and business for other companies and it was very, it was, it was easy. So when I started my own business, I was like, yeah, it'll be easy. I don't care. And then, and then I, as soon as I like got out there, I was like, oh my gosh, I'm terrified because this is my <laughs> business. And if I get rejected, it means I'm not good enough or mm-hmm. something I'm doing is wrong, which is like a total like hurt on your ego. And I it's took scary. it so personal. Yeah. And especially when you put your heart and soul into your business and then someone rejects it or doesn't think it's good enough for them or yeah, it's, it's, I it's hard not to take it personal, but you kind of have to get over it. <laughs> yeah, it's hard. And it's, I remember it's like struggling really hard trying to figure out how to get over it, how mm-hmm. to get over the fear of rejection. And um, my Todd, my business mentor, I like <laughs> sat down with him and I was like, I don't, I was like, I'm, I'm not getting clients. I don't know what to do. And I'm like, I just, um, I, I'm, I'm posting online and I'm, I'm trying to do everything online and I'm not getting any leads, you know? And he's like, well, <laughs> posting online is great, but you need to go meet people in person mm-hmm. and you need to get rejected. And I was like, what do you mean get rejected? <laughs> and he was like, yeah, you have to go go somewhere and just like put your heart out there and get rejected. And the minute you get rejected, it's going to be so much easier mm-hmm. the next time. And so I went to um, like a, a home show on Eugene and I was like handing out my cards and talking about my services. And the first guy looks at me at like literally the first guy when I walk in, he's like, I don't need any videos. I'm good. No. And I was just like, <laughs> oh, damn. OK. <laughs> and then I was like, well, that was easy. And then I just went through the whole day and, you know, I made some connections, but I I, I was mostly rejected most of the time. And it yeah. was so easy. And then after that, I was like, oh, my gosh, I can definitely just go up and you know, and, and get rejected whenever I want to, but I, it's like a part of the business, you know, not everybody's going to buy from you, you know, so you have to get to use, you have to get used to it. Well, it's funny when I first started real estate, um, I was obviously trying to get leads. So I'd call on for sale by owners and all that. And the very first one I called, I am talking to um, the wife and she's like, Oh yeah, let me um, hand the phone over to the, my husband and all that. And so she hands the phone over, and before I even say anything, I hear click. <laughs> he hung up on me, <laughs> and I'm like, 
I was so devastated. I'm like, oh my gosh, should I call back? <laughs> Hi, excuse me. I think you hung up on <laughs> And I remember talking to another realtor. He's like, oh yeah, that's that's pretty um, normal for them to hang up on you like that. Just keep calling. I'm like, okay. So you used to do cold calling? Yeah. I mean, oh my god. You still, no matter what in business, like you're usually doing some form of cold calling or, yeah. you know. Right now, a lot, especially with the market shifting, people are heading back into door knocking and cold calling and that type of thing. But especially when you're a new agent, you're doing everything you can to get clients. Yeah, I guess I didn't really think about that. I've never, I used to do like marketing and sales, but I've never like cold called people. Mm -hmm. And that seems like that'd be like really difficult. Like, I don't think I would um, be scared to do it, but I think that I would, it would be difficult for me to just coldly go in and try and sell something so that's that's a quite a challenge it's kind of nice if you're able to call for sale by owners or expired listings or something like that because they you know obviously they want to sell their home and Mm -hmm. so it's not really out of the blue and it's usually better to make an appointment with them or try to get in front of them personally Mm -hmm. not just over the phone because nowadays like when I don't know a phone number or like it you know it's marked as spam of course I'm not going to answer it right but with my job I guess I can't say that because I'll answer it because I have Everybody people. listening, she yeah. will answer her phone. <laughs> I guess that's a lie. But most, like, normal people that aren't in sales or a job like that, they're not going to answer a phone number they don't know. Yeah. So it's... It's true. I mean, I, I usually let it to go to voicemail and then I'll listen to what they have to say and I'll decide whether or not I want to call back after that. Yeah. But yeah, I know I get that. I am, um, I, I think a lot of just over time, you kind of, that fear like disappears. Like, mm-hmm. I don't really care if somebody doesn't want to use my services. I'm, I'm ready to move on to the next, you know, job or next person to talk to. And eventually I, um, I can't remember, somebody told me this, I don't, I don't remember who it was, but they said, um, like one of the most successful sales techniques that they've, um, used was like helping people. So mm-hmm. helping people instead of selling yourself, like kind of is like a great way to gain their trust because you really are helping them out. I, um, with some of my clients, you know, they'll struggle with like, even just like being able to like update their website. And I'm like, Oh, I know how to do that. So I'll just log in. And then, you know, fixing their website leads to like photos and then photos Mm -hmm. leads to video. And then I'm managing their content monthly. And just because that trust is kind of built. So I think it's like my, my, when I'm selling, that's like my tactic. I'm sure there's so many different ways, but I, that's, it's not really selling. I'm like, I just want to help. Yeah, <laughs> like, how can I help you? <laughs> kind of similar, like what we do as agents. Like we'll do like a free CMA for people, or if they're a FISBO for sale by owner, yeah. we'll offer to help them with you know paperwork or you know just something that when they decide that they want to use an agent, they think of you. Yeah, and so. I know that not a lot of people, at least for real estate, people aren't. Um, they won't just use any agent. They mm-hmm. definitely, because there's so many real estate agents in the Valley, they definitely go through like a type of screening. Like, do I really connect with this agent? How can they stand out to me versus the other ones? And I think that's like one of the things is, are they willing to help me figure out where I'm going to live for the rest of my life type of thing, you know? It's, it is kind of like an interview process. Most agent or most sellers, when they're going to sell their home, they interview three to four agents. Yeah. It's, I know I would. I mean, if I didn't know you guys, I would be like, <laughs> I need to screen these people. Well, it's, it's in charge of your largest asset that most people own. So it's definitely a big deal to know who you're working with because honestly, the barrier of entry for a real estate broker is not that hard. 
Yeah. And so it's really important to vet your real estate broker to know that they actually know what they're doing and they're not just, you know. Yeah, because, you know, it could be easy to get on board, but then is it, like, an easy job? No, not at all. Well, most of your training starts with your brokerage, you know? Like, you pass your licensing exam and, you know, a lot of the legal aspects of real estate and you get to know all that, but, like, writing a contract, knowing your contracts Mm -hmm. or how to show property or how to market and sell yourself and sell the property Mm -hmm. is something that you have to learn. It's not something that they teach you in real estate. And you have to be accountable for law. You have to make sure that you're filling out any type of disclosures or whatever that you need to make sure that you're fully, like, you know you know what, how, the dealings of the contract that you're operating in. And a lot of agents, I feel like, struggle with that. Definitely. And it's really important to pay attention to your disclosures and know what you're actually... And make sure that your clients know what they're signing. Because a lot of people just, like, they'll send a DocuSign to their clients, but, like, here, sign this. And they have no clue what they're signing. And DocuSign is so easy. Like, it is, like... It scares me. It's scary how easy... Nobody reads through the... You can't read through the document because you're just like, oh, it's so easy and fun to click this, and then that's my signature, and click this, that's my signature, you know? You know, most of the time, like, when I send over a DocuSign, I'll put, like, a... I'll send them an email first of all the bullet points of everything they need to know in the contract, Mm -hmm. so they know... I they actually know exactly what they're signing or I'll meet with them in person. Mm -hmm. Because it just... It scares me, like, with the people, like, just signing something and not knowing what they are even looking at yeah in my contracts that I send out I um I always have them sign like initial like certain like areas because I'm like just like just even look at it just yeah. you know, if you could just like take a look at this section I really yeah. just want you to know and one of them is um the revision limit so I have three revisions on all of my contracts so they can only re- which is a lot that's like a lot of opportunities for them to revise whatever they want to do yeah Three revisions, that's a lot. And so most sometimes I'll have clients that are, like, past their third revision, and they're like, actually, I do want some additional, you know, things changed. And I'm like, okay, perfect. Since that's out of scope projects, mm-hmm. you know, then we'll have to charge an additional fee for that. And they're like, what? Like, <laughs> do you read your contract? I'm like, read the contract. And then um, the deposit before starting, because people are usually really excited when they want to do videos, they're like, okay, let's do this next week. And I'm like that's cool, you got to pay your deposit first. Mm-hmm. And some people are like, oh, we, we can't start planning. I'm like, I won't even start the pre-production process without receiving a deposit. It's smart. Cause... It's all, it's so labor, it's so intensive, labor yeah. intensive. There's no way I could make money and like, I would be exhausted if I just like yeah. did a bunch of work, they didn't pay the deposit, and then for some reason that cancels out. Just, I learned a lot before. Yeah. <laughs> I used to not take deposits and it was kind of messy before. And so now it's like pretty streamlined and easy. Yeah, you definitely need to kind of cover yourself because there's a lot of people that would probably just get some nice ideas from you and then just on to the next person (laughs) yeah I mean I'm like go go for it if I'm like if you want to if you want to take it on and handle it yourself that is by all means go for it but (laughs) there's a lot to it and then when people start doing it they're like damn I wish I got some help with this yeah there's there's so many parts I mean you have to like actually like plan how how like you have to plan what the video is going to look like you have to plan how you're going to shoot it you have to plan like schedules timelines you know what's gonna what is a gonna do when this happens when b happens you know all this type of stuff it's so there's a lot of intensive goes, there's a lot that goes into it and even like myself when i'm posting on our instagram reels and tiktok like those videos like they're not super simple no <laughs> you know it's so hard and it's and your videos are a lot more 
usually the client yeah. the client doesn't want to doesn't they want to make videos and then they don't um, know what they're gonna make and so they're like yeah just let's make something and I'm like hold on <laughs> <laughs> I'm like I'm like the what you're paying for mostly goes into the pre planning mm-hmm. the filming day is so easy we just go out and film yeah it's nothing that's yeah. the easiest part the editing is pretty easy too. But the, like, the pre-production part where we have to, like, sit down with the client, make sure that we can, like, understand what their vision is, and we got to not only understand what that is, but then we have to, on top of that, get everything in order for the production day. It is so much work that the clients usually are like, I didn't know that this much work went into that before. I thought we just went and recorded videos, and I'm like, it's not so simple. <laughs> That's like when, um, how people feel like when you're listing their house and it sells right away, they're like... I'm paying you all this money for, and it sells just right away. I'm like, well, that's why you're paying us lots of money or what you think is lots of money because we spend so much money on marketing and mm-hmm. our knowledge and a lot goes yeah. into listing a property. It's not like you stick it on the MLS and hope for the best. You Sometimes know? wouldn't you want to just say, okay, why don't you try it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of them will. They'll try to stick it on Zillow and not understand why no one's biting when they're listed. 300,000 over <laughs> right I know I'll, I'll like um yeah. when I'm like searching for properties that I'm gonna buy yeah I'll look up you know because on Zillow there's like I'm sorry I use Zillow I shouldn't but it's like every real estate <laughs> agent's like nightmare but I uh I'm a consumer I like Zillow and the um, a nice app to use. <laughs> it's so clean it's to a use. lot nicer than our MLS app yeah that's true the um I'll look up like all the listings and then there's like the tab where you click where it's like agent listings and then there's owner listings and you're mm-hmm. just like I won't even go on that tab because I already know they're charging way over market rent. They never take good photos on the insides of the property. So yeah. I'm like, I, there's something wrong with this. <laughs> I always think when I'm like, when I see a listing online, when they don't have photos of the interior or the photos on the interior are really shitty, I'm like, I I don't know if I want to buy this property and I'll move on to the next one because I'm like, nope. <laughs> it's, like, it's not curb appeal anymore. It's web appeal. Yeah, so, web appeal. Yeah. That's a good way to, that's a good phrase. <laughs> so you really have to make sure that your photos are like, amazing you have your video walkthroughs and you have your Matterport and everything because a lot of people too that are moving to Oregon are from out of state so it's really important that they have like a Matterport and can see the whole layout of the house and all that right I mean they're not going to come up here for a showing and it's what better even if it doesn't you know the the virtual tours are great because you can see what it looks like you know but the um you know, it's the best you can do as an agent. You're like, not only can you like get on a video chat with them and walk through the house with Mm -hmm. them, but you can do the tours and that's just like the extra step that you guys are willing to take. Mm -hmm. And when I don't see that online, that's where I'm like, okay, now that agent doesn't want to take that extra step. So I probably don't want to work with them. So like I've noticed like agents who, or like brokerages that don't take that, like have their agents take their own photos or like, yeah, it's like, I'm like, okay, well then they really don't care about my listing because no matter what, I'm going to pay them the same amount as another brokerage. And I'd rather use the brokerage that's better with their listings. Well, like you're getting paid as commission to sell this house. So why can't you spend the five or $600 to market the property correctly or even more than that? But it's like, it's a, it's not cheap to market the property, but it, makes such a big difference and time is money so it's like okay maybe you maybe the listing will sell eventually Mm -hmm. and so you put up these crappy photos and it sells eventually but also if you would have sold it sooner you would have made more money Mm -hmm. because you wouldn't it wouldn't be sitting on the market for so long there's even times like where you're staging a property because you know like most homes like it looks a lot better when there's furniture in there staged nicely than just a vacant home that you know has crappy photos so. yeah or like really old front you know just like old outdated things I mean I yeah I, I know that when 
like I was like in that field we used to do there was like really old houses like with really old oak you know cabinets and stuff and then we just put some really nice furniture in there to stage it and it looked really nice and and then it's just like a good way to like hey this old house could be yours but you could make it really beautiful it's it's funny because some people are really good at like walking into a house and envisioning what they can do with it and what it could look like and other people are so like visual if they walk in and it looks like they have like crazy colors on the walls or you know yeah. got, they can't look past it yeah and so it's I tell all my clients like neutral colors if you're painting your house neutral colors yeah. and one time I had this <laughs> client call me and he's like okay so I'm gonna send you this photo of this watch I did on the wall I'm like okay great he sends me a photo of this like pinkish red color oh for their gosh. kitchen I'm like it's a great color. I would wear that <laughs> color, but I wouldn't put it on my walls if I was going to sell the house. And it, yeah. like, it, I feel bad kind of saying that to them sometimes, but the, you have to be kind of straight up with them because they're, you know, valuing your opinion on selling their yeah. home. So. It's good to be honest because I, you know, it, I'm sure whenever I decide to sell, if I decide to sell any of my properties, I would want to make sure that it just appeals to like the greater market and maybe just mm-hmm. not that individual that likes that color. But yeah. You know, very neutral. I mean, why would you want to have somebody walk into your house and the first thing they notice is the paint color? Like, <laughs> like selling your house 101. Like, make sure that they're noticing, like, the whole house, not just a wall. That's crazy. Yeah, it's it, – just, like, paint color and floors is something that makes a big difference. Yeah. If you're going to do anything to your house. <laughs> I just did a – I just did a video for Lippert's Carpet One in Medford. And oh, they, yeah. Uh, they're, like um, – they have so much – like I didn't realize how big mm-hmm. their stock was and he, they have so many different types of flooring and so many different types of like uh like laminate or um like vinyl planks that look like real wood oh I know they're so nice when we were trying to pick out all the colors in the flooring for the office I'm like I I, I don't know unless I go I like took like a bunch of samples and went to the office to see what would look best and like that yeah. space and stuff but it was so hard to like come down to like a few different um options and then narrow it down from there because yeah it it's was, nuts it's hard to pick <laughs> it's hard to pick there's so many great options now and like back in the day you're like oh gosh like laminate floorings i mean we got to, or vinyl floorings you know like <laughs> oh but now it's like oh yeah this is good stuff i sold this one house in um medford that they actually had tile but it looked like wood planks oh my gosh i love yeah, yeah, yeah. I yeah. was like, wait, did you say that backwards? And I'm like, you didn't. But that's that's exactly what I want in, like, my dream house is, like, fake wood that's, like, actual well, tile. Well, it's cool because it's more durable. It's kind of cold, but nowadays you can have, like, heated floors if you really want it. rugs. Everybody <laughs> loves a good rug. Just throw the rugs I don't even have carpet in my house. I just have yeah. rugs. Yeah. yeah, that's what I would want, too. Yeah. I have one rug. The rest of my house is tile. Yeah. But I, uh, I get that. Yeah, no tile that looks like wood is like my dream so (laughs) it was such a cool house too because it was a new house and then she had like old um it was new appliance kitchen appliances but they're i forgot what the company's name was but it's old like retro kind of looks to the um appliances so it was really cool that's so cool so she had like a teal oven and oh my gosh but it all fit well yeah it it looked awesome wow that's really cool yeah i um I I think that I definitely like back to like the fear of rejection. I I just want to continue to like keep I I, I don't want to say it like bad, but I'm like <laughs> I want to keep getting rejected so I can keep getting better at this, you know. Well, I think it comes to like being in the industry for longer and 
because I still struggle with it, like I said before. Everybody does. It's, We're all human. I mean, it doesn't gosh. feel good. <laughs> it doesn't feel good, but then it's also like, okay, on to the next one. It hurts less. Like yeah. the, the, I guess the the wound is <laughs> not as not as bad as it was before. Well, you know, like in real estate, we like tell everyone like it takes a lot of calls before you get someone that wants to like actually use you or list you like or talking to lots of people so it's yeah. not like every person that you talk to is gonna be like yeah you know what i want to buy a house right now or i want to sell a house right now yeah what is it like a two percent con- normal conversion rates are usually like two percent you know yeah, so you literally it's... have to like talk to like 100 people in order to get that two percent conversion and yeah. you're like okay talk I'll... to that 100 People I'll talk it. to 100 people fast to yeah. be able to get the two people. You know? And that's what, like, a lot of times some agents are like, oh, we're not getting enough business and stuff. It's like, well, how many people are you talking to every day? Right. Because you have to even get out there to neighborhoods and go door knocking if you have to, or and people are going to slam their door in the face, but you just move on to the next one. I always tell my clients, I'm like, you have to show up, like, 10 different times, like, whether or not you're on social media or you're posting mm-hmm. something on Facebook, Instagram, doing MailChimp you know, throwing a commercial out there, getting, like, a radio ad, like, you have to show up in somebody's mind ten times in order for them to make a decision as to whether or not they want to use you or they don't want to use you. But mm-hmm. they don't even think about you until after seeing you for, like, roughly around ten different times. It's, like, the average. So it's pretty nuts. So get, like, I just want to tell everybody, get rejected. <laughs> just go out and talk to people. <laughs> Reject yourself or get rejected. <laughs> it's like high school over again. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Cool. Well, I think that's that's all I wanted. We wanted to talk about today. Um, I'm Michelle with Oni Media Group, and I'm Cassidy of Oregon Adventure Realty. And we'll see you guys next week. Have a good day. See you later.